Jake, great to meet you. Um, where exactly are you? Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm here on the Gym Peninsula in northwest Wales. And yeah, it's, it's quite cold here at the moment with this easterly breeze coming in. Yeah, so, same here. You've got snow. Not yet. We, we had a bit two weeks ago. There's a bit forecasted at the moment for this weekend. But because we were right, right on the coast itself, it's, it's unlikely we're going to get it this weekend. But the higher ground, potentially. And it's, it's great. You can see the tops of Snowdon. That's just white at the moment, really blanketed. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's a bit like that down here in Land's End. Um, you know, being surrounded by water pretty well. It's, it's, it, the snow takes a lot to land here, but uh, yeah. Yeah, cold. Anyway, are you, are you still diving? No, I haven't. Um, so when was that? I thought even, I think it was actually the first of December, about the fourth, first week in December was the last time I was in the war. It's been a while, but I can't wait to go back in now. It's, it's kind of, the gear's ready, the gear's been serviced for the winter and it's, it's ready to go and get wet again. Yeah, it's, and, and with the COVID and everything, it's, <clears throat> I've hardly done any diving this last year, <clears throat> excuse me, this last year at all, been, uh, been hopeless. Looking forward to next year, or this summer. This year. Yeah, yeah this no, definitely. Year. Uh, absolutely. Jake, I was just looking at um, your website, and, uh, and of course you've done films for us on Scubaverse as well. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's always good to, to share the home patch, basically, and wherever else I go, it's always good to share that with the audience. Yeah, really nice stuff. And you've done quite a bit for TV as well? Yeah, so last, last year was quite a busy one for TV, both behind the camera and in front of it. Um, I was asked to do a bit for the one show about sharks in the local area um, against someone who's down on the coast with you um, about looking at kind of showcasing as many shark species we have off the, off the coast, really. And yeah, it was a good week. It was an exciting week. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It was, it was very nice. That was with uh, Charles Hood, wasn't it, doing it here? Yeah, it was with Charles Hood. You, you've interviewed, interviewed recently as well, haven't you? Yeah, uh, I haven't, but, ah, uh, but I, I do know Charles. He's on the list. <laughs> He's on the list. Yeah, it was good. You should ask him about how that week went. It was a, we had a good fun doing it and things like that. So it's quite nice to have two varied areas in terms of species as well but of course he's got the blues it's always a bonus when you have those yeah they're they're quite dynamic aren't they to see yeah, yeah fantastic so you're doing camera work and a bit of presenting yeah so yeah it's been it's been quite good it's actually it's been nice to be on both sides of it really you kind of get the feel of what it's like for both people um so apart from the tv stuff another thing we've been working on is with me and two of the friends who are videographers as well and have a passion for local marine life is we've actually in the process of now editing an online dive series where it's a four-parter where we're kind of taking the viewers on a journey from here in North Wales where I grew up down to South Wales and we've got four different sites which have been chosen because they're easy there's one reason so anyone can go there and dive them um, but also because there's some really special habitats and species there that just why not showcase them as well so they're about 15 minutes each episode and we're hopefully getting them out within the next month or so and again scuba verse have been sharing the they shared the trailer earlier on which is really good and we're excited to release that yeah good it's been a delight to show all your stuff so for your final um programs have you got an end goal for them have you got any tv interest uh, potentially if, if things come around i've always always keen to to share what we have here really and that's just a 
another way of just showing people there's actually a lot more off the UK coast <laughs> than they expect. It's not so dark and gloomy, really, as people think it is. Yeah, no, it's true. I started my career here in the UK and, I mean, I, I just love it here. I think, uh, I think UK diving is, is so underrated. It's, it's, it's superb. And it's a it's perfect place to learn to dive. I think like if you if you can deal with the conditions here, where it is can it is cold. You gotta admit it is cold. But when you go over somewhere like the tropics, which was last year, it was the first time I'd actually arrived in a tropical area. It's a completely different feeling. It's a bit more relaxed being in that more crystal clear water, warmer, less gear, and things like that compared to when you start training in way in the UK with dry suits, heavy gear, everything. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah, basically, as you're saying, you know, if you can dive here, you can dive anywhere. I get. I'm, I'm talking now to a few people in California and South Africa, and you know that they're, they're here. They're, they're in their t-shirts, just about to go for a dive off the beach, and, and I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds quite nice. But it, does. Um, <laughs> it definitely does. And again, South Africa is an amazing place to go diving. For sure, it's so diverse in terms of the habitats and things found off the coast and yeah when i went there last year it was oh i just want to go back there <laughs> question i know people are going to want to ask um there's there's a lot of people who would love to do underwater filming professionally and especially for tv any advice for them yeah it's, it's quite a challenging one i think the first one is time underwater just, just get the time, get get the objects as well. So if you, if you, because I come from a marine biologist background, so for me a lot of you see so much stuff when I'm filming uh, underwater with a camera, it's really hard to focus on an object, a certain thing. So sometimes when you go under there, you have a little list and be like, okay, I want to focus today on this habitat, this species. And then when you're underwater with your cameras, and it can be any camera. You don't. That's the other thing I'm going to say with like videography is start off. It's a simple thing like a GoPro and getting these shots in there. But then focus on the subject and make sure you can frame around, get your buoyancy right as well. But then from their experience is one of the biggest things. So try and shadow some people within the industry and try and work with those people closely. Because, yeah, even one dive with someone who's a real professional, you can learn so much. And that takeaway, what you take away from that one individual could really change the path of your career, really. So networking. But in the UK, then, the big element is you have to be mainly HSE certified. So get your commercial diving ticket um, is a big one if you want to work in the media industry as a diver. Yeah, it's um, absolutely. Uh, but the one word you mentioned, which is key to everything, even if you're extremely good, is networking. It's, it's getting your name there and uh, meeting people is so important. Yeah, it's really challenging. And for me up here, I've, there's not as many networking, like the, the network's not as big up here on this almost remote part of, big, of Wales and the Cayman Peninsula compared to on the South Coast where there's so many more people, so many high-end videographers and professionals down there. It's perfect to go networking with them. So if you're in a place like that where there's quite a density of them, just make the most of it. So you can just top of the message. A lot of them are keen to, to take anyone under their wing and things like that. Yeah. It's, cha it's changed since I started because uh, I've always been down here and uh, Bristol was always uh, my place of work. And 
it's not too far, but it's quite a long way to spend your evening in the pub with people and things like this. Uh, but now, of course, with internet and Zoom and everything, you can network so much easier. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's almost like, let's say for Instagram, you can drop someone a message and most of the time they're pretty happy to reply or give you some advice and things like that. And it's quite nice to see that people are keen to help the ones get in the industry and things like that. But it, it's, it's like any industry. It's very competitive at the same time. There's very few roles or paid jobs that could really get your foot in the door but it's about that networking first of all and getting that experience then what was your first break what was your first break into tv um it's actually uh my first bit of tv was country file ah, <laughs> uh, great. so i was it was back in 2017 um i do a lot of work with project seagrass which is a charity that um it's a global charity now it's a really big one looking at seagrass beds and trying to help raise awareness of the importance of seagrass habitats and at the moment they're doing a big restoration project but I was working with them on a local seagrass bed here in Pothnikan and Country Fire wanted someone to take uh, one of the presenters swimming um, and show them the seagrass so I said no problem I can take you out swimming and then that was it we had, we had a good um, filming day there the biz wasn't the best but it was good but it was a nice opportunity to to see what it was like to be on the other side of a camera, basically. Um, and then from there, there's been a few opportunities being assisted, like a, um, a safety diver on different TV programs, or like I like mentioned earlier, uh, The One Show. And then um, ITV Coast and Country has been another good one, actually. But then footage, footage-wise, I'd be fortunate some of the footage I've taken of sharks off the Welsh coast was uh, featured on Discovery Channel Shark Week, which was kind of one of those highlights so far because I never thought a little local patch could actually then be displayed on TV on one of the biggest weeks for sharks that are on the TV channels. I mean, that's, that's the, the, the secret. The whole world is full of little local patches. So, yeah. you know, just because you, you've only got your local beach, don't ignore it. It, it could have something really good to offer. Definitely, there's so many hidden gems that you just don't know. And, you, and another one yeah. is like, you could dive the same site a hundred times and every time you'll see something different. And it'll, it'll just, it blows your mind actually. Yeah. When you're, um, in your, do you do very much planning for, for species? So if you're after a certain species or um, uh, an environment, do you actually do a lot of research and planning before you go in or do you go in and film what you see or, or do you actually search for something specific? There, there are a few species that I, I do have always have in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, I want to go here for this one. So like, for example, up here, thornback rays or skate, uh, they're not very common. Um, but there are a few sites where I'm kind of in my mind. I'm like, okay, I know this is a good area for them. So I'll go in for that. But otherwise I go in open-minded just knowing this is a habitat, like it's a sand habitat and a kelp habitat. I know what I could see, but there's a potential of seeing this other species. So a lot of the time it is open-minded because don't know, you can never get disappointed, but it's always good to, to go in there because it's completely changing. It's always changing in there. Yeah. With, with your um, marine biologist background, um, how do you feel about marine conservation at the moment? Uh, do you think enough is happening across the globe? 
it's, it's good that things are happening and across the globe in the bigger picture, things are definitely moving forward. And again, it's, it's kind of that social network, uh, social media part has had a big part of kind of showing people the reality of what it's like in some of the areas, a lot of areas, obviously a lot worse than others. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because on top of like, the work I do and things and the things I share in social media, I kind of don't really get fully involved in that. I kind of go back, back a bit and kind of show people this is what it is. And kind of, because a lot of people don't get to see it. So it's almost giving the people that image of what it's like and what is below the surface. And then they can then go out and do their part of research and see how they can help that area. It's almost giving that more positive message and trying to get that link between people and the environment. I think that's, that's a really important part to move things forward in terms of like any conservation work because they can see it and they, it gives them more a sense of what they want to protect or why it's important to them then. But on, on my travels, obviously, it's always good. I, I do like to go and meet the people that are doing some amazing work around the world and get involved with some projects where possible. Which is kind of why when I try to kind of choose places to go on holiday, it's kind of half holiday and half kind of networking, meeting people and just seeing there's some real positive stories out there as well. Yeah, in, interesting point of view. And the majority of people have no idea what the sea holds, what it should be like. Yeah. And I mean, the classic is the Attenborough series and stuff who show people what it, it, how amazing it is, what we're losing, but we're still losing it. Yeah. And we're still losing it all at um, a horrendous rate. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it, it's devastating. It's, it's one of those, I think, a big part is if there's illegal, the illegal trade is obviously the things that should be stopped straight away because everything goes back down to the bottom of the line in a way. And it's the sources that kind of needs to be stopped for a lot of the stuff. So like big passion of mine is like sharks. Fortunately that I get to work on sharks as well. Um, but like the finning trade is just one of the most horrendous trades and things. And there's that, that campaign going around at the moment as well about the UK actually doing, allowing a certain amount of binned, product through the UK airports, which was I didn't know until recently, which that's pretty bad. So that's one thing. Signing a petition like that could definitely help out that trade and stop that trade a bit more. But things are getting positive, like the Mako sharks recently. They've um then the announcements of those so less less of those can be caught in fishing and things like that. So there are things moving forward, but it's a very slow rate by the looks of it. But another big one I think is is fishing is is a, is a thing that I've quite hard because I come from a fishing background. My, my parents, my, my family are from fishing background, but very small scale local fishing, which is fine. And it needs, sometimes it needs to be distinguished between fishing and the big industrial fishing that's going on. And this, this industrial fishing is the part that has the bigger impacts, whereas more small scale fisheries are, are more sustainable and more locally sourced. And that's if people want to buy fish, then that's the way to do it because there's less of an impact instead of these big super trawlers out there, which are horrendous at, at decimating, basically. It's not fishing anymore. It's just over-exploitation of it. It's quite bad. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to comprehend if you haven't seen it, uh, just how gigantic the, the industry is and how destructive it is. Have you any desires at all to show any of this on your films or at the moment are you just happy showing people what there is around at the moment 
there, there are parts where we do touch in it in, in elements of it. So as part of the Wales Best of the West one was saying that four-parter is we are touching on bits of things like that. For example, with seagrass habitats, they're, they're, they're a globally important habitat, but they are being impacted by physical impacts and pollution impacts, which are degrading, degrading the habitat. So that's brought in, um, in one of the episodes as well, we're down in South Wales and we, we talk about Neptunic's army of rubbish cleaners. And as part of one of our dives, we often do the cleanup dives. And some of these dives, we actually do come across a lot of lost gear from fishers. And of which one of them, we have footage of this poor cat shark that's got two hooks in its mouth, just entangled up in a load of um, kelp as well. So we rescued that one. But unfortunately for another two, a bit further on, the story was completely different. And they were just been dead for a good couple of weeks and they're deco- decomposing and things. So when there is the story, when, when we do come to it, we do show it because it is equally important to show people there are effects. And it's not always as nice as we like to show it. <laughs> there is two sides of the story. Yeah, good, good. Do you ever dive without a camera? I do. And every time I do, it, the good things come out. <laughs> Do you know, I've, I find it absolutely impossible to get into the water without some sort of camera. It's, yeah, no, I agree. It's really frustrating. There's, there's one fish that's been on my mind all the time, which is the tub gurnard. Amazing little fish, and they're pretty unique. And I know we get them quite often here because from fishing and things like that from, from Dad. Um, and every single time I go to the spot where they could be with a camera, they're never there. However, the three times I've been without a camera to do a job for someone, they're there and they just sat there in front of me and I'm just like I can't do anything about this I'm just going to enjoy this moment and hopefully next time I have the camera with me yeah <laughs> oh dear I do know that feeling uh, yeah what cameras are you using at the moment so I recently upgraded to the GH5 and it is incredible to be honest um, so I started off with well, I started off with the GoPro and then I went to a RX100 uh, Mark III compact, great little camera. And then I went to an A6300, the Sony, again, a really good camera, but then just the step up on the GH5 is, is really good. I really enjoying it. I've only had it for about four months, but yeah, you can see the difference in the quality straight away. It looks like it. Yeah, it is amazing quality. And what about lighting? How are you, how are you sorting that out? So I got two, I usually just use two big blue lights um video lights as well um i have actually thought about getting some strobes doing some more underwater photography but i just get bogged down and just enjoying to film it in the moment instead yeah it, it it's so difficult doing the two things i i always used to get asked to put a a still camera on top of the video housing or the film housing camera and which i did so i put it there on the top so it's all framed up same stuff and i take a sequence and you know I never took one still photo ever <laughs> it's impossible because you're yeah. so con- you're concentrating on getting this sequence on getting the behavior yeah and the mere thought of moving your head up to, to press the button is is just impossible so I took it off in the end I said no I can't do it but now of course the quality is so amazing that you can take a perfectly good still from your video frames yeah, yeah, it's really good the stills you can get, and you think they'd be quite blurred, but they're actually not too bad at all. 
yeah, no, I think the quality can can be exceptional, especially if you plan for it, you know, in your filming, uh, and, and you manage to get a nice still subject, and your lighting is good, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the, the photo opportunities through video, I think, are amazing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like you said, with with video, you never know what's the moments can happen so quick. Like it could be, it changes so quick. So by the time you've sorted things out to get a photo of it. It completely changed again. It's like, oh, the photo moment's no longer there. It's more like the video again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Rebreathers. Uh, um, I, looking at your photos on your website, using ordinary scuba. Um, any thoughts of using rebreathers or do you? Yeah, so it's on my mind. It's kind of on that next thing that I want to do. Um, I was hoping to actually get a course done this year. Oh, well, this, this kind of pre-season. It's always good to get courses done between... October and April before the actual summer season starts um but yeah I was hoping to do it and it's what me and two of the friends who are doing the, the series with me we've all thought about it and we all want to go and do it because if we work as a, we often work as a team so if one of us has it then it makes sense that all three of us or two of us at least have it as a team um but yeah I'm I'm looking looking to get one or at least doing the course first to do it because it is a game changer for, to do any of the filming work yeah, I think it is. It's the thing I've never used. Uh, I, I tried them once, but I've never used them professionally. But most certainly, game changer, as you say. Yeah, it's just capturing those flight. Like for one of the fish that I do like to film around here is ras, and they, ah. again, they're so colourful. It's amazing. And people, every time you show someone that's like, nah, nah, that's not, like, especially a cooker ras, they're like, that's not the UK. Don't be silly. I'm like, no, it is. So yeah, they're quite flighty towards the bubbles. So a rebreather would really help to get them, just draw them in that little bit more to get that nice close-up shot of one. Yeah, I noticed on one of your photos you've got a you've got a full well a half face um, uh, with a, a mic in it. Yeah. Yeah. What so make is what make of mask is that? So that's the Ocean Technologies uh, new, newest mask video. Really. So that's the Spectrum. Um, they bore it out as a recreational full face mask and. It's actually perfect. It's so much nicer. It's, it kind of moulds your face a little bit more because the, the Guardians are a bit more rigid on the side. They kind of don't glue as well. But this one just perfectly moulds to it. Easy. You only need your own reg. So that's all you do is take the mouthpiece off, put it in, and you're done. Yeah, it looks nice. I'm just looking at it now, and uh, it's very stylish. Look, looks good. It's got that added benefit. <laughs> <laughs> The reason I mentioned it was with Cuckoo Rass. I always find Cuckoo Rass love it when you talk. If, ah, okay. Yeah. I, I, oh, I was, I know that. If I start talking to myself or to, to, to a fish <laughs> with, <laughs> with a full face on, uh, as soon as I start talking, they get really interested. It's, it's, um, Is that the males know? more than the females as well? Males. Always males. the males. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get it going. I have to start talking to myself more <laughs> than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, it's been lovely um, to meet you and talking to you. Um, good luck with your future projects, especially the stuff that you're doing in Wales. Uh, have you got a, a, a an end date for that in mind? Uh, we're hoping for well for the the online series. We're hoping to get that probably maybe the end of next month into April. We want to get it done out properly released before the season starts again it gets people into the mood of getting into the water and getting them excited to explore some of the sites especially as they're quite easily and accessible ones for anyone 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, once again, best of luck with that. And um, nice to meet you. You too, no, thank you for having me on. Cheers now. Thanks. Bye.